So our key passage tonight is Matthew 6, verse 10. It's within the Lord's Prayer, and if you haven't caught up with the messages, they are on our website. And I did an outline that kind of showed the focus for each point that I'm trying to do. So you can get that, and when we post this, it'll be on there too. We're not going to look in depth at that tonight. Um, And I've kind of renamed it Our Prayer, because if if Jesus was the only one who ever prayed this, how good... How much good would that do for us, right? The disciples said, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, after this manner, you pray. That's you. You're a disciple. You're a follower of Jesus. And so it's our prayer. And it's our prayer because we are the body of Christ in the earth now. Jesus was here then in his body, but now he's here through you. So we continue to pray as though we were him. And I want to give you just a, a heads up as to where we're going tonight. As I began to pray, uh, prayerfully prepare this, I feel like the main thing that came out is just prayer assignments. It's just understanding that when we hit this part of the prayer, we're sensitive to what the prayer assignment would be for us individually. Does that make sense? Rather than, and hey, there's nothing wrong with saying... Uh, quoting the word in prayer, you're never going to miss it. There's nothing wrong with coming to him just humbly and with your own voice. But I'm just talking more maybe specifically, more strategically, that we would just remember and be mindful that, hey, he has a specific uh, assignment for you. And if we go kind of about our business, we might miss that. We might be praying good things, but we might miss that specific assignment. Does everyone understand that? So I'm hoping that some of the takeaways tonight would be that it isn't enough to just pray generically, if I can use that word, about his kingdom and his will. He wants to speak specifically to each of us or to how we should pray specifically for his will to be done. Because that's just a big statement, right? Your kingdom, your will. Well, there's a lot to that. There's a lot of specificity I said that without spitting on myself. I want us to understand that our will, and this is me, Pastor James, both hands up, can be in the way of his will. Did you know that? And so we need to keep surrendering our will in prayer. We should keep in mind also that at the heart of our prayer times should be the empowerment of us to do his will and expand his kingdom. What good would it be if we spent hours and hours in prayer, but were not released to be on assignment, to go and do, to minister, to see signs and wonders? Is that making sense? And not only you can take it personally as, okay, it's motivating me to to go out and do, but as I pray for others, the object or point of that prayer also would be for those people to experience the power of God to do his will and expand his kingdom. Sometimes we don't think that far down the road. We're like, well, we'll save brother so-and-so. Well, what for? Because so that person can be an expander of the kingdom as well. So that person can go out and be a conduit, right? It's not just, you know, a number. That person's going to be a disciple. So we should keep that in mind. And I think that can shape and guide some of the way, ways that we pray. So I really appreciate Pastor Ralph a few, few weeks back. I lose track of time when it was, but he said, we're going to 
It's going to be participatory tonight, right? And he had sheets and everyone wrote names down of, of people we were praying for. Have you gotten good praise reports on anything back yet? Has any? Not yet. Not yet. But the response was overwhelming and we so appreciate that. And we have been praying over those and expecting those to come to pass. So if you, and I don't want everyone to rush to make something happen here, but if you have your phone with you or a piece of paper and pen, um, I'm going to ask you to write something down. Or just put it in your memory. It's not complicated. It's not 20 answers or anything like that. So I want us all to take a minute right now just to settle our hearts. Thank you, Jim. Worship was just spot on uh, as far as where we need to be, what we need to be declaring, and thank you for being used by the Lord to, to bring us to that place. But let's keep that atmosphere, and let's get quiet before the Lord for a minute. And so I want you to listen to this. The things that concern you the most... I want you to be aware, not just a mental ascent, yeah, yeah, I know. I want you to feel it right now that God is concerned about those issues. Because I know if you're like me, you're carrying some stuff around, some concerns, maybe some worries, some cares. I want you to become aware and feel the fact that he is concerned about those. And I want you to hear his word saying to you tonight, I will perfect that which concerns you. You know that scripture. We're not going to that verse, but I will perfect that which concerns you. Do you believe that? Do you believe him when he says, I will perfect that which concerns you? The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. So we need to trust him with those things. Now I want you, however you want to do this, you can physically, you can mentally All those things that you said, I believe God will perfect that which concerns me and he cares about those things. I want you to give them to him with the idea of I'm not taking these back. So let's just just do do that right now. They're, They're yours, Lord. They belong to you. Now say this after me. I give them to you, Lord. I trust you and your ability to move in these areas and to do what only you can do. Now that was a little exercise. It's a practical teaching point on what I'm going to talk about in prayer right now. So what did we just do? We took the things that want to become worries that cloud your mind and we gave them to the Lord. Now, do you need to pray about those things anymore? Did you give them to him? I just wiped your prayer list down to to a different place that we're going to look at tonight. And I highly encourage you to do this whenever you go before the Lord, okay? Now, let's continue in this exercise. Let's, um, let's stay quiet for a minute. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. He said, I'm perfecting that which concerns you. But I want you to get ready to receive, I want you to get ready to receive from the Lord what concerns him. 
because he has some things on his heart. He has some things that he wants you to pray about. And, and if your worries and all those things we just gave to him are clouding the atmosphere, do you think we're going to hear very clearly what he wants to say to us? So we got rid of those. Get ready to receive a word from him. And this is what's on his heart. And this is what his assignment is for you. Now to make this simple, I don't want to make this complicated. The, the first single word that comes to your heart, it'll, it'll come bubbling up out of your spirit. And I want you just to hear that. Okay, if it's a paragraph, a sentence, a novel, a doctoral thesis, put that aside. It's a single word. Do you know God can do more through one word than you'll ever comprehend? One word from him can change the trajectory of your entire uh, existence, your future, your destiny. See, he's that efficient. He's that powerful. So maybe you have your word. The word might be a person. It might be a person's name. That's fine. It might be an object. Some people who are, who are more prophetically wired will get some random object and it's fine, whatever it is. It might be an image that you can describe with one word and I'm purposely not using words because I don't want to put one in your head. I want to make sure it's from the Lord. And uh, get this, the word doesn't have to be positive. A lot of times we think, well, it's got to be one of these names of God or something from scripture. And so now you have that word, go ahead and write that down. Put it in your phone, put it in a note, just remember it. And when I get to the end, I'm going to share a testimony about my wife. And, and hopefully, if, if we have time, we'll be able to pray uh, on that word. If not, I'm going to encourage you to, to take that word and, and pray it out and ask God to reveal to you um, how to address that. And I think I'm going to get to that in my message. So as I was preparing, I didn't have a, like a literal vision, but I saw a picture I just, I get pictures in my head sometimes as I'm thinking on things. I saw a picture of a great army and how the soldiers were all highly trained. They were like excellent. They were the best of the best. They, they were all um, super efficient, super effective. But the battles they were in were constant struggles. And here's why, just a summary. Because each soldier or group of soldiers, they kept moving ahead and executing their own individual strategies. A group here would do something, an individual here would. It's not as though they weren't actually making progress, so to speak. But here's why it was a frustrated uh, battlefield. Because they were not getting their orders from the commander. Listen, they stopped checking in. They said, I know how to fight. I got the weapons. You know, I'm out here and in battle zone Z, I'm just going to go ahead and do, do what, I, what I want to. But they stopped receiving from the commander who ultimately, see the commander sees the big picture. Are you getting this? The Lord, the Holy Spirit. And he gives us orders or prayer assignments based on the overall strategy for victory in the kingdom. So we want to make sure uh, 
tonight, I want to I wanna look at how we can make sure we're praying according to God's will and not our own. Is this making sense? So this part of the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It sounds simple, and it is simple. It's, it's pretty, pretty basic. It's the, I call it the position and priority part of this prayer. The position is this. Where are we all right now? We're on earth, right? You're not in heaven yet. Although the kingdom of heaven is around you and in you, etc. Just don't go that complex on me. You're in this body. Did you know this body is made out of earth? Did you know you're just a God-breathed pile of dust? Right? So when we want the will of God to come to earth, it's in us, but also in this stage I'm standing on, in this city, in this region, in this territory. So that's our position. You can't change that until a new heaven and new earth come. You can't change that unless you die, unless you leave your earth suit. And we're believing that none of you are going to do that anytime soon, right? So that's where we are. God said in Genesis, we're not going to go there. As long as the earth remains, there will be, who knows this, seed time and harvest. As long as you're here, as long as you're in the earth, you're going to sow prayers. You're going to live a life of sowing seed. That's your purpose. Your purpose isn't to consume. The world today is telling you to consume, to take in and get all you can at a fast and furious place, but that's not what you're created to do. You're created to sow. So now we know where we're at. What is the priority? The priority is his kingdom and his will. His kingdom and his will. So we're praying to the king of all things, the father of all creation, and it's only through Christ Jesus that we come to him. Jesus made the way, so we come, it says in Hebrews, we're not going to go there, um, by the new and living way. So get this. We need to be reminded of these things. His kingdom is his way. And his way is the way of Jesus. There's no other way. If it's not through Jesus, if it's not through the blood of Jesus, if it's not, if it's not in the name of Jesus, it isn't his way. It isn't his kingdom. Are you getting this? Jesus said, I am the way. And guess what? He still is the way. So we pray not only to prepare the way of the Lord, as the prophets of old said he would come, but we also pray in the way of Jesus, in the manner of Jesus, according to his word. Jesus is the word who is forever settled in heaven. So we have to pray according to how he taught us to pray. We're Christ followers, we're disciples. This is important because the things we understand about prayer have to be measured against what he said. You can't just pick and choose little things and then build a prayer doctrine. It has to be anchored. So I feel like this is really important. It establishes we aren't praying merely for ourselves or the things we want. Nothing wrong with that. But we're praying and petitioning for the kingdom to be enforced and released into the earth realm. The kingdom. The kingdom. Little political reference here. Um, I don't know if you know this, but it was, I think it was when Bill Clinton first got elected and James Carville was his campaign manager they won the election on this theme. It's about the economy, stupid. That, in all the 
the strategy meetings. That is what they waged war to get him to the White House. Now, I'm not going to call you stupid tonight. But I'm going to say it's about the kingdom. Dear one. Isn't that a nicer thing to say? It's about the kingdom. We forget it's about the kingdom. Wherever your will is, wherever James Wheeler's will is, my kingdom is. You can put your name in there. If I want my kingdom, then I just keep enforcing my will. Is this too simple? Is it too easy? Okay. So wherever we haven't surrendered fully to the Lord, we we will have our kingdom come and our will be done. You see it in the three-year-old. Their kingdom, their will. And I see it in some 50-year-olds. And I'm one of them. Luke 22:42. Jesus said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. For God's will to come, we have to let go of our will. You've probably heard the story of the monkey and the hole in the stone wall just big enough for his hand to go in. Grab a handful of nuts. Guess what? He's trapped. He's got to let go to be free. That's like us. Our will is in there. Ooh, we want this. We think it's food. We think it's something that's going to help us. It's a desire and we're stuck. You let go, then you can get your hand out. His will is his kingdom. Where his kingdom is, his will is being done. For God's kingdom to come, we have to let go of our kingdom. Can we let go of our kingdom tonight? Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Uh, I want to blow your mind with some simple word uh, observation here. What is the first word of this scripture? It's not a trick question. What is it? Seek. Is the first word of the scripture act? No. Is it do? Maybe it's react. No, it's seek. See, the first word is seek. Seek implies we need something we don't have, right? We need discernment. We need wisdom. It implies there's going to be some sensitivity and listening brought to it. So we could say this, we seek first, or we could say we first seek. Does that make it clear? The first thing you do is seek. So maybe we would pray something like this, a summary. You could wrap your own words around it. Lord, today I'm coming to you, but speak to me and give me revelation on how to pray today to release your kingdom. I'm listening like we did just a few minutes ago. I'm waiting as I worship you. Spirit, flow through me and give me the focus because it's blurry. The more we worship, the more we saturate ourselves with his presence, he starts revealing the, the specific, the kingdom emphasis that is needed today to pray. Because 
Why? Why is this important? Because if I'm going to pray according to Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. If I'm going to pray according to that, I want all my requests to be kingdom requests according to his will. See, we leave that out of the verse. It's it's almost implied that we'll just bring him everything and anything and, and pile on what we want. Why don't we filter out? Let's give him the worries, let's give him the cares, and let's say, Lord, what do you want me to pray about? This is a different way to look at it, isn't it? A little bit different? Paul says here with thanksgiving, so we talked about this previously, but when we hallow his name, hallowed be your name, that is thanksgiving. Did you know that? Why is that? What would you say if I gave you a gift? If I gave you a gift and you received it, and if you were a polite person, what would you say? Thank you. It's that simple. When we worship him according to his name and his nature, so his name is love, but he is love, and he's a loving God, right? As soon as I acknowledge that, I'm thanking him for it. I'm receiving him as that. Does that make sense? Because who he is, if he's love, if he's grace, if he's provision, he will manifest it in a powerful way as the solution to every problem we face. So some of you might have got a negative word when you got the word, and it was um, tragedy, destruction, despair. Well, is Jesus the answer to those, or isn't he? Then as you have that word, you have something to address that word with. The opposite of that word, life, restoration, restitution, reconciliation, redemption, purpose, vision. Understand? There isn't a situation that doesn't meet the requirements of one of his many names. That's why in every situation we magnify his name. Magnify the name of the Lord. Magnify, lift his name up. Make his name great. Not our name. Not the things that we're naming that our problems, our concerns. Magnify the name of the Lord. So think of uh, continuing on what he said in this verse, petitions, requests. Think of requests as making a demand on a gift that you've already, uh, that you understand the power is there, but when you, when you access it, it releases it. Let me give you a simple analogy. So if my car breaks down, and I'm not a mechanic, so I'm not going to fix it myself. If my car breaks down, and I know that a good mechanic is needed, I would request a mechanic to fix it. I would petition a mechanic, correct? I would ask for a mechanic. If I didn't believe the mechanic could fix my car, I wouldn't request one. Is this too simple? So when I acknowledge that a mechanic is who is needed, the solution is released. As soon as you recognize the Lord has what you need and as soon as you identify that and he's going to give you specific words to pray out, the power is released and it's so powerful, it's so efficient. But 
Sometimes we don't know what is needed. I'm just going to admit it. I don't go stroll into my prayer closet. I just know everything you want me to pray. Most of the time is, Lord, I don't have a clue. But I'll speak to that in a minute. So if I'm going to pray according to Matthew 5.44, let's look at this one. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, admit it. This is not at the top of your prayer list. This is be honest. Then somewhere in all my kingdom praying, my enemies have to get prayed for. Do you know it's hard to pray for your enemies? Do you know I don't have the capacity to pray for my enemies? So what does the Holy Spirit want me to pray for them? This blew my mind when God showed me this. Sometimes the best thing for your enemy is for you to pray for yourself. Lord, soften my heart. Lord, make my words pure. Cause me to be righteous and humble before you. We have the wrong idea. I'm praying for my enemy. Get him, Jesus. <laughs> Go get him. Get, give him what they deserve. Utterly destroy them. Maybe when all of a sudden we ask God for more, more help, more power, more love in us, maybe that person or whatever that is moves out of the enemy category and they're no longer perceived by you as your enemy. What do you think about that? So if I'm going to pray according to this next verse, 1 Timothy 2.2, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Then what specifically... Does the Spirit want me to pray for leaders and authorities so that I can lead a quiet, peaceful, godly, holy life? And I have an idea that the answer to this, as with many of the others, is that I think it's whatever attribute of the name of the Lord that is needed the most in that situation. Sometimes it's obvious. One of the things I pray and others do as we're on the prayer call is that righteousness will be exalted in the highest government offices of the land. Amen. See, I think we're, our time is well spent praying for the hearts of men and not so much the issues of men because the issues flow out of the heart, amen? And issues are a result of our fallen condition. We're all sinful, Sometimes if we get too obsessed with issues, we stop looking at our issues. So pray for hearts. Pray for our hearts. It's not just about the benefits. We charismatics and us Pentecostals are really good at making a big deal about the benefits and I'm not discounting them or saying they aren't there. But it is about the kingdom and there's an order. It's kingdom first, then benefits. If we seek the kingdom, we will receive the benefits. Then all these things will be added. If not, you're going to find yourself seeking the benefits. 
And there's no promise that when you seek benefits that you're in the, king, in the kingdom. You might be completely deceived. Hashtag blessed. No, your hashtag did it yourself. Right? See, the world has benefits and they're not a result of his kingdom. Satan offers benefits. Our temptation is always to acquire blessings by compromise. Just a little compromise here. Just a little gray area. Let's erase that line. After all, God wants me to have it. I'm the head, not the tail. Wealth of the wicked is laid up for me, blah, 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 blah. Not if it's in your own pursuit. See, the enemy wants us to fully engage in the world system to honor the pursuit of self and the pursuit of wealth. Without taking the path of self-denial, and the posture of wealth denial. See, I'm only rich in Christ Jesus. You have to get that. You're only rich in Christ Jesus. And when you realize the treasure you have, it won't matter if you make another penny, if you drive the nicest car, or have your dream house. You'll be so full of that revelation, and you'll want to share that treasure with others. And whatever happens after that, praise God. Be blessed. Enjoy it. I'm only strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's look at something here, Matthew 4, 8 through 10. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I'm going to list some things that are probably going to ouch us a little bit, but you have some, we have some. Did you know our own ignorance can be a kingdom? Did you know a mindset can be a kingdom? I'm talking about a kingdom that is in conflict with the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Did you know our own agenda, as pure as we might think it might be, as biblically based as we think it might be, it can be a kingdom? Even sometimes our prayer list can be a kingdom. We can be a slave to our routine and our ritual and not realize it, that God is wanting to specifically talk to us about something so that we'll pray about something. And anything above God is competing with his way. We realize that tonight, right? So I already, we don't need to go there again, I already um, cited Matthew 6, 33, but I want to underscore this. We need to listen first. If you take anything away from tonight as you go and, and begin to carve out your prayer life in a deeper way, listen first and then pray what God shows you. Here's why. Have you ever experienced someone who was trying so hard to be helpful but they really weren't? We, we know these people. Maybe we have been that person. Have you ever found someone doing the exact wrong thing at the wrong time? just because it was their thing. We kind of get lost in our thing sometimes. We're like, but it's my thing. It's my gift. God gave me this and I'm going to do it. I've had people volunteer or I've led people on teams that just, that's just their, their, their MO. Uh, they kind of created a, a little bit of a mess, not because they were bad people or had impure motives. They just, for some reason, they never stopped to listen well, Pastor James, what is your vision and how do I fit in? It was the assumption that, well, I'm here, so whatever I'm doing 
should work out for you. And that wasn't the case. So it's like, hey, Pastor James, I am an expert screen door installation person, and I would like to install this screen door. And I say, that's great, but this is a submarine. I don't need a screen door. You know, maybe if we were building a back porch, you know, in the country, I'd hey, do your screen door thing. Worship Jesus with the screen. Is this too simple? Is this making sense? See, the Lord's trying to get our attention. Hey there, hey, 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 I need you to pray for this. And we're like, but my list. I got to put on the armor. You know how long that takes? I've got the whole blessings of Deuteronomy to go through here, Lord. My kid has a recital tonight, don't you know? They can't screw that up. There's the Afghanistan refugee crisis, the economy, the COVID. And he's saying, like he said to us earlier, do you trust me enough to let me pray through you what I want to accomplish? In all the believers throughout the world in the body of Christ, do you think the Lord can tell each and every one of us what we need to pray for and get accomplished what he wants? Do you think it might work a little better? I'm not saying get rid of your prayer list. I'm making a point. I'm, I'm exaggerating this so we understand. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. I think this should be a song. It should be a country song. But did you know that Jesus is your prayer partner? Pastor Ralph, you want to help me write that? Got some banjo? Jesus is your prayer partner. And do you know he's the only partner you need? If you got nobody else on the planet, he's it. I know, I know, we like to quote the one, a thousand, two, ten thousand, or if two or more, but you know, you just need him. Because his power doesn't get any greater when we add more people to it. His power is his power. I think there was someone who prayed that it wouldn't rain and then prayed that it would rain. How many remember that prophet? Was he just by his lonesome? And does the New Testament say that the fervent, effectual prayer of that prophet, was it Elijah or Elisha? I don't know my Jeff from my Shah, but it was one of those guys, right? There wasn't two people agreeing. It was him. Are you feeling empowered to pray? Romans 8, 34, Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Is he interceding for you? See, his prayers, according to this, these verses here, his prayers make salvation available to those of us who will come to him. He's constantly contending for our wholeness. So when we pray his kingdom come, his will be done, we need a revelation of who he says we are according to who he is in agreement with his ongoing intercession. Romans eight twenty seven, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance 
with the will of God. So again, no trick questions. Do you think the Holy Spirit and Jesus are on the same page? Are they part of the Trinity? Is the Holy Spirit not the Spirit of Christ? So I think they're on the same page with what they're desiring, with what they're interceding for us, and I think they're on the same page with wanting us to find that place of intercession with them, Romans 8, 26. In the same way, I don't know what happened, why I'm all poppy all of a sudden. In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. This is where we all confess, big time. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Does God's word say that? Are you going to say, oh no, I know what to pray for? When God's word says we do not know what to pray for. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Did I make it worse? (laughs) Still sounds good to me. Now that word groan there in the original language, you might be surprised is this idea of expressing grief even anger or deep desire. It's from the word stenos, uh, to make in straits, i.e. to sigh, to murmur, okay? So what is the deal with this groaning? What, what is this? I want to point some of that out here. And I'm not sure if it's wrong, right, or indifferent to, to slice this this thinly, but a lot of times people have said this is, this, this is us praying in tongues, and maybe that's an expression of it, but, I, but it says here the Spirit intercedes for us. To me, that says the Spirit is praying, and that's not me praying. When Paul says, uh, whenever he talks about praying in the Spirit, he says, I pray. And we pray, um, the Spirit gives us utterance. So we pray in tongues. But this says the Spirit prays for us. That's different than me praying through my spirit inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? I know that's a razor thin thing, but thin line there, but understand why this is important. And I have this theory and here's what I think. I think the Holy Spirit is calling to us. I think he's agonizing us and he's saying, come get on heaven's frequency. It's, it's a groan, it's, it's unintelligible until we get close enough to listen. Until we come by the new and living way, Jesus, our intercessor, as we get closer, we start to hear. People of God, saints of God, oh, if you could just get a revelation of who you are, who you were created to be, a revelation of the power and authority you've been made to walk in. See, the Spirit of God, I believe, is pleading with us. He's groaning. It's already been done. The way has been made, but you have to come. You have to come. You have to leave your world and enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think Paul had a huge revelation of this, the Apostle Paul. Because if you look at his prayers and the things he mentioned about prayer, we have these beautiful, rich, power-packed prayers that don't pray for earthly provisions. They don't ask for the things we typically might have on our list. And I want to, as we come to a close tonight, dig in on a few of these that have been revelation to me, and I hope you can 
make them a part of your prayer life as you endeavor to find out, Holy Spirit, what do you want to pray today? And these will also illuminate your heart and your ears to hear what we did early when we stop and listen and he gives us a word. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I'm gonna stop there, but keep it on the screen. Keep it going. This is his prayer for us. I love that this is a prayer for me and I make this a prayer from me and I will read that in a minute. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, discernment, seek first, seek first, ask as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Colossians 1 verse 9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you, and here's the prayer, complete knowledge of his will and to give you what? Spiritual wisdom and understanding. Not to give you stuff. Are you getting this? Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Don't pray about your life or fixing your life. Ask for spiritual wisdom and understanding and as an outflow of that, you will honor and please the Lord. Seek first the kingdom and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Are you struggling to see spiritual fruit in your life? It might be time to redial in what you're praying. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We never stop learning to know God. We never stop growing. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. I skipped to Colossians. Is that, did I skip Ephesians three sixteen through 19? I read that one. I just got so excited I read through all three of them. Woo! So I've been endeavoring to memorize these. I've tried trying to memorize them. I, I, I have them better like in New King James, but I like the, the New Living here. And I've been saying these into my voice memos and playing them back so I hear my own voice praying over myself. But I turn them into praises. So you can pray them or you can declare them. And it sounds like this. Thank you, Lord, for flooding my heart with light so I can understand the confident hope you have given me because you have called me and I am holy and I am your rich and glorious inheritance. That's a good thing to say. Let's say that <laughs> instead of the other stuff we're saying. Thank you for empowering me with inner strength by your spirit. I trust you, Lord. Thank you for making your home in my heart. In your love, my roots are growing deeper and I'm being made and kept strong in your love. Thank you that I have the power to understand how wide, how high, and how deep your love is. Thank you that I can experience the love of Christ. Thank you that I am complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you, 
Lord God. Thank you for giving me complete knowledge of your will and giving me spiritual wisdom and understanding. My ways honor and please you, Lord. My life produces every kind of good fruit. I am growing in you, Lord, as I continue to learn to know you more and more. Do you have time to say these things every day? I am strengthened with all your glorious power resulting in all the endurance and patience I need. Thank you for filling me with joy. Thank you, Father, that I share in the inheritance that you have given me as one of your chosen ones. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we got to go to a growth group um, Monday night. It was really neat to see it was their final night of the growth group. They happened to do a study on on my book. That's why I was invited. Um, And so... A lot of great things happen, a lot of good testimonies. God's doing good things in growth groups. If you're not in one, get in one the next season. Uh, If you've been around a while, lead one, okay? Uh, But, so it came to time where we do some some praying and I did the exercise we did earlier. And it's often an exercise I've led my my worship teams where we we do the one word thing and we hear from heaven and we, we pray out those words. So we do the one word thing and my wife uh, gets the word faithfulness. That was her word. And so the next day we went to integrative wellness. Right? So we go and one of the things they do to help you find uh, roots of, of causes, physical causes, emotional causes, is they do some scans that, that specify some emotional things. And it's quite, quite amazing how God has wired you that words, this is how we get saved. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that words and, and the things that you're experiencing show up in your body. And they're in places called meridians. There's a jillion and one of them in your body. That's how God made you. And so she's been having some issues. And so they did a bioscan. And it was specifically on her stomach because they can target. Did you know your emotional health is connected to your gut health? It's true. So unfortunately, she didn't do so hot. She had all kinds of very bad, out-of-balance areas. And it was all these words, all these words that connect to emotion, right? Different things. But there was one word, one and only one, that was green. The color green is you're good, everything's perfect in balance. It's, it's, it's great. What do you think the word was? Faithfulness. Now, you can't tell me that there's something to that. When we get a word from heaven and when we speak it out and when we pray it out and we have the confidence that that is what the Lord, who he is and what he wants to do, it's very specific. She had other issues. But that one was lined up. It's so important that we worship God, that we understand who he is, all his names. It's so important that we listen to him. So as we're finishing up tonight, 
let's just take a few minutes because I want you to do it in this room because I know as soon as we walk out the doors, the, the likelihood of us following through with these things drops off steeply. You have so many things uh, on your mind and in your life, but take your word back out. Look at it. The other thing I didn't say, and this, this is even a further thing about this testimony. A couple things happened to me significantly recently. It was the middle to the end of last year during the pandemic, crazy time of, of isolation. My neighbor has a nice pool that he invites us to go over and hang out in with, with Allegra. And I was over there spending some time with her. And we, at, since the time we moved here, had rented a house. We, it was our dream to be homeowners again because just been years and it's just been a struggle to get back to that place. And I was sitting there floating in the pool and I looked back over at that house the time that we were that the one we were renting, we didn't own it. And the Lord just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that house. And I was like, okay. I would very much like that. I've, and I want to tell you what I've been praying for months and weeks and years as I, as I run. I don't say, Lord, give me a house. I worship and magnify him that he is my home. He is my shelter. He, he, is, he is my place of dwelling, my habitation. And when I would go around the neighborhood and see houses that I would like or wouldn't it be neat to live there, wouldn't it be, I thank you, Lord, that you, you are my provision, you are my source. See, I never really turned that into, a, Lord, would you give me a house or I'm asking you to... I just worshiped him because I knew he would answer that and he would, he would be that to me if I just trusted him with it. And lo and behold, just like happens, there was a great battle to resist God from fulfilling that promise, but he fulfilled that promise and we now own that home. So fast forward, yes, praise God, give him some glory. So fast forward to the beginning of this year, I said, this was before um, Pastor Walt went home to be with the Lord. This was before um, a lot of the crazy events that have happened this year. I said to her, I, I feel like the Lord said this year, James, you're going to experience a new and greater level of my faithfulness than you've ever experienced. And what was the word she got? faithfulness. See, God wants to talk to you. He wants to give you a word and then he wants to confirm that word. And everywhere you look, don't let go of it. It might not be happening when you want, but everywhere you look, he's trying to confirm. I still, I know. I'm true to my word and I'm true to that word and I will bring that to pass. So tonight, just make an altar where you're at and just give him this word. I want you to just pray out 
to the Lord as the answer to whatever it is your word was. And I feel like my word is the same word as it was Monday, so I'm just gonna pray that out. And you just, you just pray, pray out of your heart to the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are my redeemer. I thank you that you are redemption. I thank you that it is only through you that you can literally buy back every wounding word, every hurt, every attack of the enemy, every experience that is short of the fullness of your blessing that has ever occurred in, in my life from the time I was in my mother's womb until this very second. You are the redeemer. You have purchased me and I am yours. You can reach your hand back in my history and heal and restore and make things as though they never occurred. Your kingdom, O oh Lord, your will. Redeem everything that is lost. Grow and expand your kingdom. I just pray over every heart here I just pray that you reveal yourself to them as the answer to that word, to that solution. To, you're the solution to every problem. You're the promise to every problem. I pray that you activate their prayer lives in a whole new level as they try to incorporate some of this strategy, some of these tools, some of these practical tips. God, that, that together we could, could continue just to be an effective army of the Lord that is taking kingdom territory so efficiently, so effectively, so powerfully. Heal, save, deliver, restore. Lord, we set our hearts and our faces toward you, toward your glory. We agree with you, Jesus, our high priest, our intercessor at the right hand of the Father. And I thank you right now for the praise reports and the testimonies that are going to come as a result of tonight, of you speaking to our hearts, of giving us a word, of giving us an, an assignment to pray for. And we believe that we receive your word because it's true. In Jesus' name, amen.